welcome in, and thanks for joining us once again on the Red Rock Sports Podcast. I am Jared All, yeah. staring in a different direction at Connor Holes Camp today. Normally, he lines up on my left. His seat is vacant today. He is filling the vacant seat of Producer Soaps, mm. who is out today. Uh, we're going to call it an illness, but... Boy, it really, really just felt like he didn't feel like coming in today, didn't it? Uh, yeah, it just it, it really uh you get that feeling when, when he yeah. talks. You know, I I'm a little sick today, you know. Especially after the the big game he talks when when I was ill. Uh, if he is sick, I think it's a little karma going on here. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. That does tend to work out that way. I have experienced that myself where I'm always that guy that walks around like, Oh, I never get sick. I am not sick and then boom, it hits you as soon as you start as soon as you start ranting. Oh man, it's been it's, it's been, been a time. brutal sick season, man. It, it's going around. It's going around. The Nuggets have been ravaged by non-COVID related. But this is always going to happen when you shut down the world mm. for a period of time and nobody is exposed to bacteria. It was always going to happen like this. The year or two coming back out of it, those first true, and, and everyone for nasty. for a couple years is going around wearing masks everywhere, yes. being really conscious about washing your hands, not necessarily even going out to everywhere you would normally do. You're right. This is a. Uh, yeah, it turned my you know seven day cold into like a fourteen day sure, cold, right? Exactly. What are so everyone out there listening, uh, Connor is sitting behind the producer d- desk today mm. on the ones uh, and twos. Yes. So if this show sounds terrible, god awful, unlistenable, <laughs> just blame Nick Sopris. Okay, yeah, that's this correct. is obviously his fault. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everyone of us that, that at least works for a large company. You know, there's always that one employee. That like only they do the job. Usually it's the payroll person, right? Only like one person knows how to do payroll. So when that person doesn't show up, it's like nobody else knows what to do. That was us today. Nick yeah, Soper's not uh-huh. showing up. Tyler Walgy also out with health and safety protocols here. So he couldn't step in for us today. So it's like, Connor, what do we do? And and Connor, I give kudos to you. You stepped up. I told you, I was like, we should just not do the show. I cannot <laughs> handle production duties. I, I, it's beyond my pay grade. Yeah, I'm like, hey, if Nick Soap can do it, then I feel like I could do it, Good right? Point. I mean, that, that's just how I uh, that's how I evaluate most things. So Nick right? may be out of a job here by yeah, the end Nick, of the day hey, today. Hey, this, if this sounds golden, you better watch it. I'm just saying. And no, you're not getting a pay raise. Okay, Connor? Not getting a pay raise. All right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. The... Country of America has been taken storm by, call it soccer, call it football. What do we what do we call? It? We still calling it soccer? Or is the I believe it's soccer here okay. in this country. Yeah, it's actually the 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 fans in the stands are chanting. It's called soccer. Uh, Connor, have you been caught up in it? Have you jumped on the bandwagon, the World Cup bandwagon? I have not. Okay. No, okay. I, I got to be honest with you here. I am just not all that into soccer i mean the world cup is about as much of a draw as you can have and i i still just don't do it i still do not do it don't get me wrong if they if they go far enough i'll i will jump on the bandwagon at some point i'll, I'll give you that okay? so on the same way i actually kind of expected you might be on the bandwagon here on the same way i haven't watched a second of it i was even kind of making fun of some of my coworkers that were super into the game the other day when it was on and I'm like, guys, we all know what's going to happen, right? Like, we're all going to forget about this by the end of the day today, and everyone will move on and ne- not care about soccer at all for the next four years until maybe you have this random chance to, to watch the World Cup again. I, I know they advanced. They does did. That, does that and count? Now, okay, so now I'm sitting here like, okay, so I've kind of given everyone a bunch of crap about it. Like, 
Is it too late for me to jump on the bandwagon? No, still, it's can never I still too late. jump on the bandwagon? It's never too late. Just ask any Avalanche fans from last yeah, no year. Kidding, you know, right? I mean, hey. No kidding. I know it's it's weird because I get super into the Olympics. I just love the Olympics and summer being or patriotic. winter. It doesn't matter. Just I just love the competition but you prefer? and the sports. Uh I'm going to say there are more events within the Winter Olympics that I like, but I mean, Summer Olympics, I'm trying to even think off the Winter Olympics is much more fresh in my head. I mean, you know what? Yeah, I think I think I like the Winter Olympics better. I'm I'm going to take I love me some skiing, some ice skating, the speed skating stuff. It's it's fun. There's a lot of different stuff going on there. Uh plus just getting to watch these guys on the snowboards and the skis do crazy things. I actually think the skiers are the crazy ones to do it there. But but anyways, I They're just wild. can't. I yeah. can't get into this World Cup, and I'm. I think I might like. Where are we at now? So are they like do, you have no idea either. You, you are asking the okay. wrong guy. When okay. I say I, I haven't watched, I, I really mean that. I mean I. The extent of my knowledge is that the U.S. has advanced, which is uncommon. And, uh, they right? beat Iran, maybe. <laughs> yeah, is that, is that, that sounds right. Correct. That sounds I, I don't right. know. See, I can't even give you that. I can't even give you that, Jared. <laughs> you would think as Broncos fans, we would love watching the soccer at this point because you know we're pretty used to not having any scoring happening for the oh well game. Oh, I, I'm fairly certain that the uh, the World Cup games would probably be more exciting than watching the Broncos offense right now yeah, I mean, I just have to think there's a little bit more action going on there. <laughs> and and it's it's less disappointing, right? When there's drive after drive without scoring. Uh, Connor, you look like you are just hurting for something over there, buddy. No, no, you know, I I'm, I'm, I misplace everything all the uh, time. So he's so. at a different seat. I got, I got my totally, pen. I got, yeah, all my, totally my, my vibe is thrown off over here. Um, no, nah, I... I uh, uh, I, I don't hate on soccer, okay? I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and throw shade on someone for liking soccer. I have actually had some really intense... Uh, I, I've had some uh, vast entertainment from soccer games when I have bet on them. And, and they're overseas games because the MLS, everyone knows, is garbage, right? Uh, my biggest problem with soccer, honestly, is, is two-part. One, it's the same problem I have with golf or tennis or whatever. It's hard for me to have a dog in the fight, as they say. Right, I'm such a homer. Like I, I have a lot, like a lot of pride from where this I'm is from. where betting on something always helps. That right now you have somebody no to root for. No doubt, and so betting on it definitely solves that issue. My second issue with soccer, and at least in terms of the European Soccer Champions League, all all that stuff, these games start at like six in the morning. So like right. it is tough like to get myself up on a Saturday at six a.m. Uh, but when I've done it. I've really enjoyed myself. There's some pretty cool... Uh, it's a good time. I, I, I don't throw shade on soccer. It's just not my sport. As far as a sports betting uh, sport, like it's one of the best. Oh, so intense. It's always within a goal coming down to the end of the game, right? So right, you right. always have that one play that can flip it, and then, then you get the stoppage time. And it amazes me how accurate they can be with so many things that that the u.s just has not adopted with some of their like camera stuff and their the lines that they use for crossing off sides this and that and then they just add in stoppage time this like random amount of just a lot of time that nobody really <laughs> no one has any idea they could just be making it up they are they, making it up. They, i'm telling you that for a fact right now they're just like yeah well, you know what well, my question is what if you're a uh, you know a referee and you're in one of these big games and uh, everyone's looking around like oh did you start the time? Oh, no. Or, or, or like, I imagine there's probably a few people that do this. Do they ever get together at the end and they're just like, 
I got three minutes. Well, I got four minutes, 30 seconds. Yeah, let's split the difference. I honestly, and this, is, this shows you my lack of <laughs> yeah, knowledge. I, no I don't even know how they calculate it. Like, it's all about, like, the time where they're not playing and the clock right, just right, keeps right. running right. Yeah. But here's my thought is, like, this would be so easy for a referee to fix this, right? This guy needs a goal. He's going to, no, 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 we got one more minute. We got one more minute. Come on, keep going. Now, now see, they tried to implement this rule the stoppage time rule in baseball until they realized that then the stoppage time is twice as long as the game. Sure. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, that, that was the problem. We're making this worse uh -huh. and not better. Uh -huh. They tried to do it, and then they realized that, oh, like afterwards now we just have like an extra three hours. So, Well, speaking of worse and not better, the Broncos season continues to stumble into turmoil. Uh, another bad loss. I mean – Man, this was the last one. I, we're I we're really, lining him up at this I point. I really thought that they had. They didn't even get Baker Mayfield to lose against. You know, they 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 got Sam, Sam Darnold. Darnold. Sammy D came in and gets the win. Uh, not a good look for the Broncos. You know, continue. What did they put up? Ten points. Continue to underwhelm on that side of it, and it seems like things are starting to come to a head within this locker room. It was there was a visible confrontation between defensive tackle Mike Purcell going at Russell Wilson on the sidelines. Connor, is this a big deal or is this being made into more than it is? Uh, I think it's being made into more than it is. Um, now, granted, there is probably more going behind the scenes that is a big deal. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't think that this specific... I mean, go look. Okay, so we've talked on the show before that we don't know if this is or is not staged, but go look at that famous clip of Peyton Manning with Jeff Saturday, right? Coming up, just sure. freaking block. Just block, man. Just play offensive line. I'll play my job. I mean, it's not unheard of for competitors on professional teams to get into each other's faces, right? Uh, I think it's just magnified with how bad the Broncos have been, so everyone's kind of poking in at it more, and oh, has he lost the locker room? Um I don't. I don't make too much of it in a vacuum, right? Just just by itself. I guess with everything else going on, it's it is what it is. Like you're seeing some frustration. Obviously, I I, I would expect to see frustration from these guys. How, how would you not be frustrated watching this offense? To we're me, we're all frustrated. <laughs> I, I absolutely think this is this is a, a, a crack that is showing into what the feelings of this locker room are. This is a team, and Mike Purcell's been on this team for a couple of years now. Uh, this isn't just this year. This goes back a half decade now of just terrible offensive play. Uh, for the most part, along the way, it's been very good defensive play, and so I think that in itself is one big thing there. Uh, but. Russ and everything that was given up for Russ and then the contract given to him and, and he to continue to let this defense down time and time again. That in itself, two players going out on the sideline, not that big of a deal. But I think to me this this absolutely screams volumes of how this locker room feels about the situation that they're in. And and while no player would probably ever tell you this, I think a lot of those guys on that defensive side of the ball would want to see this entire offense blown up, start it over, get rid of some of these guys because this is a disaster. And they know they're now hamstrung for several years moving forward. And, and while a guy like Mike Purcell may not be a part of that in the future, I mean, man, it's just, this is just it's tough to see. It's tough to be a part of, and I really think that uh, we're going to keep finding more and more out about what's going on in this locker room. Can I tell you my least favorite part 
the most concerning part to me of that interaction, right, which I think is still being made a little bit too much of, the part that troubles me the most is not actually Mike Purcell coming and showing some emotion, getting heated towards Russell Wilson. It is, A, Russell Wilson seemingly showing, like, zero emotion back, right? It, yep. it, just like, taking it. Right, just taking it. Like, uh, like, no fight back. I mean, like... I would have rather seen Russell Wilson get right up in his face yes, too. Yeah, hundred percent. Because then it at least shows. All right, they're both fired up. They're both like. like do you I, even care? Right. It, that's what it comes across as to someone who doesn't know anything about what's actually being said, and you just watch their body language. That was troubling to me. And then my favorite part of all of it is that video. Nathaniel Hackett just sitting there, like pretending to check something on his headphone, like, uh, like just pretending like he's not hearing what's going on behind him. Well, and, and for him <laughs> to even go so far as to say he wasn't aware of it, like, dude, we all watched the video. You're standing right there. You cannot tell me you didn't see and hear this going down. And if so, you are even more oblivious than we all thought. If you truly didn't recognize that this was happening direct, like within two feet behind him, these guys are standing there and Mike Purcell is going off <laughs> on him. So yeah, that, that bugs me a little bit too. And like, oh, of course, what's the coach going to say? Like, yeah, I heard it. Not a big deal. Whatever. Of course, he's going to kind of spin it, but... Ah, I don't know, man. I don't know. It just it's it's a bad look, and I just think this is probably uh, the the first visible fracture where this the floodgates are about to open on this team. Now, now, did you see the NFL Network report on someone's podcast? I don't have their name right now. I know it's an NFL Network respected insider. Okay, okay, uh, who on on the podcast said among some other things that Russell Wilson has lost a portion of the locker room according to what he has heard from inside the Broncos locker room. It, and this is coming out now kind of in the midst of all this too. So Yeah, and I actually just as we were coming up here is an ESPN report that was just put out that was a quote from Nathaniel Hackett that he says he thinks that's all hearsay and there's there's nothing that he's seen at the lost lost locker well, room. Frankly, I would be more concerned with this Broncos locker room if he hasn't started losing <laughs> if he has i mean what what i mean come on guys like you he was brought in here to be the savior to be the one to take take the broncos to the playoffs to be the leader of this team he has been the biggest disappointment and and he has shown zero true honest emotion with i mean give me Derek carr crying on the podium <laughs> i mean give me something give me anger give me some sort of emotion other than your stupid cheesy catchphrases that's all we've gotten from russell wilson this year through true. all of it he has shown no emotion showed does it honestly makes me feel more and more week after week that he does not care. And, and I'm taking that too far. He obviously does. He obviously puts a lot of work into this. But for, for that lack of emotion Nothing else to hurts his there, brand, right? That's right. That's right, bro. You got a life after football. I hope to God you do because you don't have much football left in you. It's, a, it's becoming apparent. Yeah, it is uh, it's, it's tough, man. It, it is a tough situation. Uh, There's also a report. Coming out. Did you see this about Russell Wilson's birthday party? No. So, hey, why was this going to be like the draft day thing where nobody showed is, up to the game? It literally <laughs> is like the draft day. So, if you've ever seen that draft day movie, I think they end up not uh, drafting a guy because nobody, they found out through some sleuthing that nobody showed up to this prospect's 21st birthday party. And it was a big red flag. They're like, okay, no one's showing up on his team to his party. So what's going? It is kind of like that. Yes, you, that is exactly what I thought of when I when I saw this. But apparently, about half, you know, according to Sierra, his wife showed up to 
a birthday party on the Broncos off day. Uh, that Sierra had organized. And you know if Sierra's organizing a party for Russell Wilson, like this isn't going to be like some like flipping burgers on the barbecue. You know what I mean? Like this is going to be a a party, right? There's going to be entertainment. There's going to be and and you got to figure that if things were going good in that locker room, he'd have more than about half according to Sierra showing up, right? How many how many guys right now if Peyton Manning has a party from that team, from his teams are showing up there? All of them, you think? Yeah, probably. Right? I yeah. mean, and again, this is honestly silly to me, but it's it is telling. It is telling when that these guys probably the half that showed up was more out of obligation than than anything. Yeah, it's uh it's a hey, all these things you start peeling back the onion a little bit is not looking good. And the worst part is I don't even know where you go from here. Pete Carroll and Geno Smith and the entire 11th man out there, what 12th man, 12th sorry, man. 12th man are laughing their way to the bank right now. Just absolutely laughing at us. They have the Broncos' first-round pick, the Broncos' second-round pick. They have next year's first-round pick, next year's second-round pick, and we swapped a fourth and a fifth, just for good measure. No, so wait, next- wait, wait, wait. No, it was last year's first-round and second-round, and then oh, this year, right? You're so right, I think you're right. 2024, we get our Correct, back. okay, you're Thank correct. God, Thankfully, because, yes. Whew, but, I mean, as of right now, I believe, and this don't quote me on this, but I believe that's slotted as the fourth pick. It is. And, and the Broncos have a pretty tough stretch oh, yeah, coming ta- down. So take a look at this. The Broncos, in the end of the season, they still have to play, obviously, Baltimore this week. They still have to play the Chargers once. Yep. They have uh, to play the Chiefs twice, twice. And then they have to play the Cardinals and the Rams, Rams. I believe. I believe that's Which, it. Which, okay, Cardinals and Rams. I will say the Cardinals and Rams, I give them a puncher's chance. Uh, uh if that. At least the Cardinals <laughs> put up offense, you know. I mean, right? Uh, obviously, if you're getting your butt beat by the Carolina Panthers and yeah. Sam Darnold, I don't have. I let me put it this way: Would it surprise you even in the least if the Broncos lose for the rest of the season? No, I mean, would fact, that surprise you at fact, all? In fact, Connor, I'll go so, so far as to say, if the Broncos win another game, it will be surprising. <laughs> it will be surprising, right? And I, okay, now I say that like I do believe they will win another game, but each individual week, as I watch that game, I will be expecting so, them to lose, and honestly, the odds makers will too, because I don't expect them so to be favored. If again the this Broncos year. lose zero or one, I'm sorry, if they win zero or one more game. It is setting up to where the Broncos are going to have like the second overall pick. And, and by the Broncos, I mean the Seahawks, of course, are going to have the Broncos' second overall pick. I don't know where you go from here, man. This is a unmitigated disaster. This is from the from the top down. I mean, this is this is bad. And and whether or not are there any hacker supporters still out there? Are there still people out in oh, Broncos no. country that are like, well, you know, there's okay. a bunch of injuries. Actually, and- actually can I tell you something? Yeah. There's a this is a, a real weird way I'm gonna spin this. Okay, so keep up with me here, okay? I'm gonna go so far as to say the Broncos should not only keep Hackett through this season, they should go ahead and keep him for next season because you're obviously blowing the the uh, ability to get the number two overall p- pick this year because if you get it, you're giving it away anyways. 
they need to keep some some stipulations in place to make sure they end up with the top five pick in 2024 so that they don't have to trade away the whole future again yeah, see, to go get the quarterback. Yeah, watch. That's what's going to happen. They're going to high fire hack it. The Broncos are going to look bad next year, but kind of finish They'll with like, like a seven, you know, eight win team. Yeah, maybe yeah, they get like wins. the 12th overall pick, and then you're just stuck in purgatory again, and it's back to square one. Yes, so, yes. Um, so keep hack it. Let's keep hack it. We need that first overall pick 2024. Oh, my God. Goodness, it is, it is something, man. And, and I feel like, I feel like even the people. So I, I do feel like Broncos country, they turned on Hackett the quickest, yeah. right? As as a whole. But that that to me is is not just because of the specific situations. This year. I mean, this is three bad coaches in a row. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, so we 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 were just done with him. No, no doubt. And, and but now you're starting to see even the most reluctant, even the most vehement Russ supporters are starting to kind of have to back down a little bit because quite frankly, and I, and I was one of them, I will say I have been one that has defended Russ. I has got, gone so far as to say, Hey, you know, this is what we, this is what I said at the beginning of the season. Hey, it, it's a new team. It's a new coach. It's a new offense. Of course, they're going to start a little slow. And then it got to the point where I'm like, all right, I'm a little worried right now. I'm like, it's a panic button time, man. Russ, is not as advertised as of now. I, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. It, it, it is mind-boggling how Peyton seems to have missed so so badly as to what kind of player he is getting for this, this amount of money. It, but it, it wasn't just uh, George Peyton and this front front office that missed. We all missed. I mean, and again, I get we're not being paid <laughs> we, millions of dollars. We are paid to, to react this, to what right. they do. But not everybody to- around the country thought this was a slam dunk. They were top, you know, seven, eight in odds to win the Super Bowl after this move happened. I mean, everybody, I everybody thought this was a slam dunk now, move. Now, let me ask you this, Jared. How much leash does George Payton have right now in your mind you know here's where here's, where does he fall into all here's this what's and- tough if you take I know this is, is a weird thing to say but take away this whole Russell Wilson ordeal okay mm-hmm. take away the draft picks they gave up for him take away the contract they gave him I would argue every other move he's made has been really good oh I think he see been, I would I disagree I, full wholeheartedly really oh I think last year's draft was a disaster okay I, I, I think I think the draft before that even more of a disaster. We uh, Okay, let me back up a little. Because last year's draft, the jury is still out a little bit. But let me take you two years back, okay? Yeah, I'm going to have to pull up these draft classes. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead and do that. Because I, I was taking a look at it here. Now, Pastor Tan, love Pastor Tan. I really do, okay? But I have said, I have been consistent in what I say. I still think it is oh, a bad I think pick. you're wrong, buddy. Look uh, at this. Now, hang on, hang on. Hear me out. Let me, let me okay, Tell okay. me if I get this right, okay? Correct me if I get one of these. Wrong, I know where okay? you're going, and I agree with what you um, say. So I think okay, you could argue the passer tam pick, right? Maybe a different show we can argue that. I tend to think we that need Nick Sopras here to argue that for sure. But I tend to think it's still a bad pick. I tend to think I've told this from day one. Passer tam could turn out to be a champ Bailey. He could be a Hall of Famer, and literally Justin Fields, Mac Jones could flop. And I still think philosophically it was a bad pick. You need a quarterback. You got to take one. Right, but even even take the philosophical out of it. Even an above average quarterback taken in that spot, and, and to be honest, uh, looking pretty good right now. I mean, I know he's uh, I know uh, Justin Fields is hurt, but 
uh, definitely looking pretty good. Now, whatever. So uh, let's just let's Take just agree aside. to okay. say that you could argue that pick, okay? okay. And I love I love Pastor Tan, so okay. nothing against him. Then you got Jerry Judy. No, Jerry Judy was the year before. That was that was Elway's last draft. Oh, I'm really? looking at it right now. So okay, first round Patrick San, second round Javante Williams, uh, third round okay. Quinn Miners. Quinn Miners, uh, who's, who's a starter right now? I mean, in his in his third year, second mm. second year. I can't do math. Second year, but yeah, yeah. Quinn uh, Miners. Baron Baron Browning, who seems like he could could be a very oh, good okay. player. Okay, so I had this. I had the the draft class wrong. Yeah. I, I was thinking McTelvin Aguim. Yes, uh, that I was, yes. I was that thinking was Jerry Judy. Elway. I was uh, thinking that was Elway. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yes. All then, right. Fair then, enough. Uh, fifth fair round, enough. Caden Stearns, and then after that, the names are too long, so they don't fit. Caden C- the- Stearns. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. So, so that's pretty good. And then let's look at this year's draft class because I'm like, it's just well, the jury's still I out guess, on this year. We draft don't class. really have a ton. I mean, their first, they had the the one second round pick, Nick Bonito, uh, Greg Dolchich, Dolchich, Dolchich. I can Dulcich, never. Dulcich, I, I believe it's Dolcich. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. He's a solid Greg player. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, late round picks. I honestly, Damari Mathis, I think is getting some playing. Yeah, time. he is. He's he's starting right Montreal, now. Montreal, Washington. So that's what you got. But yeah, the jury's still. So so yeah, it's it is hard to say, but. Well, I would yeah, say so you're gonna uh, have if he's only had these two draft you're gonna have to give him a little, little bit, bit more time. But, more time but, on I the mean, draft even picks some before. of the the you know what I'm talking myself out of thinking he's this great GM because even looking at that 2021 draft class I'd say almost every one of those guys was a little bit of a reach you know taking John Williams in the second round yes could he end up being a great running back but. Man, most of the great running backs in the NFL don't. You don't have to draft them in the second round. You can find really great running backs later in the draft. We all kind of thought that at the time. Um, but so going back to the original question is how long is the leash going to be for George Payton? I, I don't think it's long. I, I think I think they will keep him long enough to to rid themselves of the Russell Wilson contract. If things do not improve in the 2023 season for the Broncos, I absolutely believe. George Payton as well as Russell Wilson are on that block because the Broncos at a certain point are if again if I am going to say if in the hopes that maybe Russell Wilson can pull his head out of his ass and become a Pro Bowl quarterback again but if Russell Wilson does not improve the Broncos are going to have to come to grip with the idea that they're going to have to eat more money on that contract than anyone has ever eaten on a contract before. <laughs> you you have to. That's the fair, move you have fair. to make if he doesn't improve next year. It's fair. And, yeah. I, and at that point, if he continues to fail through all of 2023, that could be it for George Payton. He maybe gets 2024, but I, I just yeah, I mean, think... I mean, we can he, look at he, some of these other moves he and argue his wagon about to, He hitched his yeah, wagon that's, to... That's Russell what Wilson. he did. You're, you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, all this other stuff is nickels and dimes compared to the hire of Nathaniel Hackett, the massive trade for Russell Wilson, uh, and the massive failure that we're seeing. So I, I tend to agree with you. I think he's on a shorter leash than some people. I think he's getting less heat, I'll put it that way, than I think is warranted at this point, right? So... So just to kick the Broncos while they're down. Oh, send my phone just reloaded. So give me one second here. That whole dang reload thing. Uh, I saw this on Twitter, and I just I thought this is from Tom Green, who's with Nine News. Okay, uh, this is his tweet here. It says, over the past six years, the Broncos have had a higher winning percentage than the Colorado Rockies exactly zero times. Ooh, for the years? last six seasons basically the season after the super bowl they did have a higher winning percentage 
since that, the Broncos have actually, for the last half decade, <laughs> How about that? been worse than the freaking Rockies. Wow, you were really uh, beating the dead Bronco there, right? Wow. Yes. You like that one? That was good. That uh-huh. was good. See, Although Bronco horse, polit- get it. Politically correct. Well, no, what, what do they like nowadays? Feed the feed, fed Bronco? Feed the fed Bronco. Yeah, he looks like fed. a fed Bronco, he, all right, because he, he is fat and happy and lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. So this has to be the most dis- disappointing season, at least in our lifetimes for the Broncos, right? I mean, that's obvious. The, the, the expectations are... Versus reality. Oh, yeah, no right? doubt. No Going doubt. into the season thinking you actually potentially were a fringe Super Bowl contender. Like, actually thought we had a chance to win the Super Bowl to then being now viewed as actually having a chance to have one of the top three picks that you will give up. Not but, having a chance, getting. It, but you will be getting a top five pick. At, oh, yeah, at for Very sure. worse, uh-huh. giving, getting it, it, a top five pick. I don't pick see a situation where we don't have a top Everything five. you gave up, everything you gave to Russell Wilson. So I, it got me thinking, right, We're talking about just how disappointing. It's maybe not the worst Broncos season all time, although it's it's right there. I looked all the way back into the 60s, and it's it's right there as as one of the worst Broncos seasons ever, again, depending on how they finish. Um, but most disappointing season. So I just looked at since their back-to-back Super Bowl, so since 1998, okay, the Broncos, not including this year since we're not finished yet, the Broncos have had five seasons where they had less than seven wins. Okay. okay. So I'm going to just kind of go through them. We're going to talk about this, and it's just – is amazing when you again you talk expectations versus reality, and it's like yeah you can kind of look at all these seasons. It's like yeah we we probably maybe we didn't see it coming in the moment because you know Broncos fans were a little delusional sometimes. Mm, we got those but glasses in on. hindsight. We're drinking that Kool Aid. It's it's pretty obvious. Okay, so first one is that 1999 season, the season after the back to back Super John Bowls. John Elway retired. Everyone really had high expectations, but yes, Elway retires. Terrell Davis only played in, I think, three games that year. He goes down with an injury. He missed most of the season. Brian Greasy making his first career starts. Yeah, that, that is probably pretty obvious. They finished 6-10 and in that year. 2018, this is the Case Keenum year. This is probably amongst this fi- group of five here, the season we probably all had the most expectations, the highest expectations. They went and got Case Keenum. They wanted the adult in the room. You know, mm. They wanted somebody that can just be a game manager. And you thought, well, this great defense, you put Case Keenum, that was coming off of that big year he had with Minnesota. Yep, yep. I think we were all a little skeptical but had high hopes. That was Vance Joseph's second season, so we kind of thought maybe he'd figure some things out after that. They finished 6-10 and 10 that year. 2020. This was uh, they finished five and eleven. This was Vic Fangio's first season. This was the first season Drew Locke spent the entire season as the the full time starter, although he did miss some games there. So again, expectations not necessarily the highest. We all kind of had hopes that Drew Locke could figure out, but you kind of thought, well, if you can work things out in this season, maybe the next year. Uh, 2017. This was a five and eleven team. With a, this was Vance Joseph's first season. This is after Gary Kubiak stepped away. Mm-hmm. Uh, the quarterback room consisted of Trevor Simeon, my boy, Brock Osweiler, gotta love him, and Paxton Lynch. Oh, that's a rough quarterback that room right is there. Tough. Hey, Trevor Simeon got him a start this week. Did he? He uh, did. Did he win? I'm trying to remember. I think he did. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't even remember who he was playing for. But I watched him play. <laughs> I watched him playing. <laughs> and the worst season since 1998-99 season was the 4-12 and 
team in 2010, the team that ultimately led to a second overall pick and Von Miller being drafted. This is a 4-12 team. Buddy, this was a bad roster. This is actually kind of fun. This is 2010. Their quarterback, starting quarterback, can you tell me who the starting quarterback was of this roster? 2010? 2010. Let's go with uh, Tim Tebow. He did start games, but not a majority of the games. Well, the first, it, it, it started with, um, oh man, who was it? Who, who did Tim Tebow take over for? I, I'm i uh, Okay, okay, I'll tell you the coach, Josh McDaniels, traded for this player his first season. He traded for the quarterback. For the quarterback. Oh, it was a part of the uh, the Jay Cutler deal. Oh man! Oh come on! Come on! You're gonna laugh. It's Kyle Orton. Oh Orton, yes. Kyle Orton. Yep. yep, They're leading running back on the year. That's that's correct. Yeah. No Sean Moreno. Although he had some years, the dude was not that great of a running back. Uh, They're leading receivers. They're top two receivers. This is a joke this season. Brandon Lloyd. And Jabbar Gaffney. Those are their two leading receivers in terms of catches and yards in the 2010 season. That was a bad team, right? What about, uh, wasn't DT on that team? I think he was, no, because he was drafted. DT was, uh, he, he caught that game, uh, that ball in the, the playoff game with Tim Tebow. No, see, that was the following year, though. That was 2011. That was when Tim Tebow had a full, full season. So I think oh. 11 must have been when, uh, and, and DT may have been on their roster, but it, I, 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 he was not the leading receiver. I, I think DT was drafted this, wasn't he drafted the same year that Tebow was drafted? Possibly. This is why we need fact checker Nick over fact here. Fact checker Nick. Let's, fat, let's just look here. Demarius fact Thomas. checker Nick. Yeah, I, I thought he was drafted in the same year, potentially. He was drafted. With no Sean Moreno. And oh, come on. In. Uh, first round of the 2010 draft. So he was a rookie that year. He was a rookie that but year. But he didn't. That was He was obviously not the top okay. two in, in uh, receptions and yards that year. Uh, okay. So, again, going back to my point. All five of those seasons, you look at it's like, yeah, the expectations were like, hey, if we could just be 500, that would be great. And, and, and the fact that this season, this 2022 season, likely ends up as the worst or at least as bad as any of those seasons, I mean, this is going to go down in the records books, guys. Not just for Denver, not just for the Broncos, but this is going to be, again, I'm hoping against all odds that Russell Wilson turns things around now, in the coming years. I did see. Now we we should move off the. I don't. This is depressing me, man. I, know, I don't even. I know. Do we have to talk Broncos this whole show? I do want to no. say one other thing. Uh, Field Yates, I believe it was, had posted on his Twitter, and I've seen this. I've seen some publications run with this number. I'm not really sure where he gets it from, to be quite honest with you. But uh, he had reported that this is the second worst offense in the NFL since 2000, the Cleveland Browns. Um, and that was Yates from ESPN. Um, I looked to the best of my ability. It did not appear to be that way. Yeah. So I don't know where he's getting that number from or what is. But regardless, even according to what I looked at, it is around like the 20th worst offense, right? So you're talking 760 some odd offenses in 23 years. And it's like the 19th worst. I mean, that's bad. Any way you slice it, this is a bad look for this team. It's quite. It's it's really depressing to be to be. Well, quite let's honest. just let's just put a bow on it this way, Connor, and say that even Tim Tebow averaged nineteen points a game. 
Yeah, that's, I we'll think just, that's it. Mic we'll drop. Just, that's we'll all that needs that. to be said. Uh, better, better pick it up, man. Something, right. something needs to change. And we will move on to something a little more exciting and something that we can all enjoy, and that's making our best bets through Thrive Fantasy, who is one of the leaders in daily fantasy sports and provides a unique platform, something that I know, Connor, you and I both really enjoy, especially football season. It's it's a lot of fun. It's something that I can really get into doing these. It's mainly the parlays that I like to get into, but every week I got to throw throw you know something, throw a $25 into one of these contests, right? We've talked about it in the past. They have great payouts for the amount of contestants in, a lot, of, a lot uh, in the amount of entries allowed in each one. And it's something that we're all familiar with, right? The Daily Fantasy Contest is something that a lot of you guys, listeners out there, do with DraftKings, do with FanDuel. Same idea, only difference is you're using player props. Thrive Fantasy is solely focused on player props. It's a fun, different way to get into sports betting, kind of brings the feel of fantasy football into sports betting. And for listeners out there that are new, people that aren't following it week after week, what we have done since the start of the football season is all of the hosts on here... Each week, we give out our best bet. And now, coming up to the end of this, the year, the calendar year, at the end of 2022, whatever hosts, this, by the way, includes Tyler Walgie, who sits in quite often for us on here, uh, whichever host has the lowest winning percentage on those best bets will eat the chip. I believe it's just called the chip. It's the hottest chip. In the world, right? I, I, I don't know. Maybe tell me if I'm... Yeah, there might be a marketing claim Sure, it there, is probably a marketing it's a, claim. It's, it's the one chip challenge. The one what. chip challenge. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. And so That's it's... That's what it's known as on the street. It's... Uh-huh. The, the kids on the street are talking about it. It's, yeah, they're talking. It's hip. It's hip. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a TikToker. So the loser has to eat the chip, and we're going to do it... We'll, we'll end the show at that, since, you know, we won't we won't put... Oh, we're going to have to film it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're filming this. It's going to be on YouTube. Oh, it'll, it'll be, be one, one of our first videos out there, so uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah, it'll be out there. And, and Connor, uh, including this week, the picks we're about to make this week, uh, I'm not looking great right now. I am in the low spot at 58%. Uh, I did get a win last week. I hit on my bet, which was Amon Ross St. Brown over five and a half receptions. He had nine. So that one hit. That puts me at 7.5 on the year, which gives me a f- just over 58%. Uh, Connor, buddy, you're rolling strong, dude. Seven and two on the year for just over, or excuse me, just under 78% winning. Uh, you hit last week, Darius Slayton under a half reception touchdown. I feel like there's always one of those gems in there where I'm like, that was so obvious. Yeah, he hasn't got one all year. So. Right, right. <laughs> I think mine this week is that obvious, which means it's probably a terrible pick. Uh, Nick Soltz was out last week, so he did not make a pick. He's sitting with a 60%. Uh, Tyler Walgie also at 60%. He did have one hit and one loss on his two picks last week. So this is a big week for me. Since the yeah. two of them are not here, if I hit on my bet this week, I will surpass the two of them, be ahead of them in my win percentage. Connor, with five picks left... I'm going to put the, the, the kibosh on you here and tell you you'd really have to blow it here, buddy, to, fuck, to end up in last. So I'd really have to pull a Russell Wilson here. You would have to go full Russ <laughs> okay. here, okay? Full Russ in order to end up losing this. And you know what? Nobody sees it coming, which is, is maybe exactly what's going to happen here. So mm. pick wisely. Yep. What do you got here for this week? I'm going to go to the Buffalo Bills New England Patriots game. I'm going to go Mac Jones less than 2.5 total passing touchdowns plus interceptions. 
I love that bet, by the way, because it's different than most bets. Like Usually, if you're doing a player prop bet, you're either betting on a guy to produce heavily or underproduce right? expectations. Right, right. This is like, he might do great, he might do terrible. <laughs> either one should be good for you, right? right as long as he's right. not in the middle somewhere. You want, you want high expectations or really, really bad? No, I want low it. of everything. Low oh, yeah, everything. you're going under. Yeah, I'm so you under. do want him to middle on this. Yes. You want him to middle. You want him so to, So he know, can either be, like, super efficient with, like, one tu- two touchdowns and no interceptions, uh, or if he throws picks, it's going to get a little dicey for me. But uh, I, I think that number is I think that number's a little bit high. I, I think, um, you know, I, I don't. he doesn't throw a ton of interceptions, generally speaking, and he certainly doesn't throw a lot of passing touchdowns. So I, I like that number. I like your logic there. I think you got a good one there. I'm going to go with an under as well on my bet. I got Jonathan Taylor under one and a half rushing plus receiving touchdowns. Uh, looking back over his season so far, he has not scored more than one touchdown in a game and only has a few on the year. Jonathan Taylor has having one of the most disappointing fantasy seasons for the consensus overall number one pick that I can remember in fantasy football recently. I know it seems like every year one of those top three guys ends up yeah, that it's way. it's been tough. Especially for a guy that I mean, he's had some injuries, but a lot of it's just underperforming. He's just not hitting the expectations. So I am going to take him under one and a half rushing and receiving touchdowns. Jonathan... Come through for me, buddy. I really need you to pull through. I do not want to find myself a couple of games back, uh, especially knowing that I'm going to be out next week, so I only got three picks left after this to hit. So, True. buddy, this is a big one big for one me. Big one for you. Big one for me. And make sure, guys, if you want to make any of these bets, any player prop bets, you do so on Thrive Fantasy. You can find them online, thrivefantasy.com, or download the app. And when you sign up, if you use the promo code RED, that's R-E-D, they will match your deposit up to $100. You put in 100 they will give you a free $100. Too easy. Got to do it. All you have to do is use the promo code RED when you sign up. All right, Connor, before we get out of here, we got to talk something a little more fun, right? Because the the Broncos just, they take it out of us. Every time when we talk about it, you get 20 minutes in and you just, you can't take it anymore. So let's move on to the Nuggets, okay? The Nuggets are, 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 are still performing pretty well. We are now a quarter, just about, just under a quarter of the way through the NBA season, which shocks me. The fact that you get a third of the NBA season in before you even hit New Year's, it, it, it's not really a third. Well, yeah, I you get it. You end up so close we're at the to quarter. Point. Right now, we're at the quarter. By gotcha. the time you get to the end of the year, sorry, it like I it didn't register in my, my head that that wait a third of the season happens before most people even. Tr- I mean, when I say most people, casual fans like myself, I'm pretty caught up in football right now. Okay, you got college football just ending next week, essentially, and then you got the NFL regular season that goes all the way through the end of the year. So it's typically around January 1 where I can start to dial in on hockey and basketball a little bit more. And you're already a third of the way through the season at that. We currently sit 25% of the way through the season. And overall, it's not, you know, the Nuggets are performing, I'd say about like expectations, maybe a little bit above expectations. But you look across the Western Conference and it's it's kind of a, a, a bit of a shit show at who's where and nobody really expected that the way. You get, currently have New Orleans sitting at in the third spot. You have Sacramento sitting in the sixth spot. Portland in the seventh spot ahead of the Golden State Warriors who find themselves in eighth. Dallas sitting out of the playoff hunt right now or out of the playoff spots, even out of your playing tournament spots there. So 
My question is, how much of that will sustain? Is that is that just a fluke early on in the season? Are we going to see this settle out? Uh, you should see some of it settle out. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, though. There is some of these teams early on, right, all the... All the jazz, if you will, was about the Utah Jazz. It was about the San Antonio Spurs, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Portland Trailblazers. Uh, and they're really all fallen back down to earth a little bit here. Um, you're starting to get to that point of the season where some teams are kind of showing that they are what they are. I, I think, uh, quite frankly, the Clippers, they're sitting at the five seed. They've had a lot of their players out. Uh, they're really relying on their depth coming in here and uh, not getting, you know, they're, they're clearly trying to keep their, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard healthy f- come playoff run. It seems to be their strategy. So uh, I would expect them maybe to come up a little bit. I think the Kings are a little better than people are giving them credit for. Six is probably about as high as they're going to get. Uh, same as Portland. I would expect the Mavs and the Warriors to raise a few spots. But look, man. Uh, Suns, number one, everyone wants to hate the Suns. Every freaking year, it seems like everyone is picking against the Suns to do what they do, and all they do is go out and win games. So uh, I'm not going to do that for one. I'm not going to sit here and pick against them. They are a good basketball team, and and rightfully so, right up uh, at the top of the conference. Nuggets, number two, about a little above where I expected them to be. At this point in the season, they have played the most road games in the NBA, least amount of home games. They are uh, right up there, at least as of a couple days ago, they had the most road wins in the NBA. So I think they've been playing really great on, on the road. I didn't necessarily expect them to have this record this far in the season. They've had a lot of injuries, too. Uh, they've battled through illnesses well, and illness, injuries. right, yeah. And things. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. sitting out right now with a heel contusion. Uh, uh, Uncle Jeff, he's he's out with a knee contusion. Nikola Jokic has been battling a wrist all year. I mean, he's still Nikola Jokic, but he's battling a wrist. You're trying to integrate two major max contract players in. They are doing better than I expected them to be doing at this point in time. Uh, but still, it's the Nuggets. Like you did expect them to be up there. Pelicans are a bit of a surprise. Right, I think that they're they're clicking a little better than people thought they would. Zion Williamson ha- has been pretty good to start the season. You know, they've they've looked a little better. So, to answer your question, it's kind of a roundabout way of saying I do not. I, I it's definitely too early to look and be like, oh yeah, this is where it's at. There's so many games left. There's 60 plus NBA games left. So uh, you'll definitely see a lot of changes here and there. But I think you're starting to kind of see at least shades of what every team is and the Nuggets look to be really good right now okay so of all these kind of surprise teams we'll stick I mean you, you know what I'll let you go anywhere in the NBA I was thinking West but you could, you could say any team what surprise team will you put a put a bold statement out there what surprise team makes the playoffs or maybe makes a run in the playoffs team that's for real I'm going to say the Cleveland Cavaliers are definitely okay. for real they are playing great uh, you know Garland and and uh, Mitchell uh, Donovan Mitchell has been Fantastic I forgot for that them. He ended up there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So he goes over there, and, and you know him and Darius Garland. They've been they've been playing great. Cleveland is a team that was. I'm not alone in this. They were definitely a pick. They were a, a trendy kind of below the radar pick to make a run for it. They're looking great, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Cleveland, and I'll give you a bonus team in the West here. Someone that I think is, uh, you know, for real to kind of make a run at it. And <clears throat> excuse me there. Um, I am going to say 
the Pelicans. I think that they are better. I don't think they're going to finish third, but I definitely think they're going to finish outside of the play-in tournament from what I've seen so far. So, uh, But really, in the NBA, if you're going to get me on the spot to pick one team that I think has a chance to make a deep run in the playoffs, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. All right, good stuff. Uh, before we move on, let's talk. Let's talk Nuggets. Um, we you kind of mentioned a few times throughout there that early in the season they have really sort of exceeded the expectations. Uh, mainly not so much for where we expect them to end up, but for how they started the season. You know, you mentioned bringing bringing back two max guys that have been out for a year. You know, Jamal Murray still coming back off of that knee injury. Everyone expected kind of a slow start there. Who are the Nuggets you're seeing that are exceeding those expectations that are bringing that level of play up? Well, you know what? I uh, I want to go about this a little different way here. Okay, okay. A little different way for you. I want to kind of go through just a few of the players, and you can start on them if you want, and I'll give you my thoughts. I want to say, I want to go through some of these players, and I want to just say, are they quarter point in the season? Are they about where you expected them to be? Are they doing more than you expected or less than you okay, expected? Okay, okay, I like that. Uh, so let's go with the back-to-back MVP, Nikola Jokic. Jared, is he about where you expected him to be? Is he above or is he behind? Uh, this is kind of a tough one. Uh, my initial instinct actually is to say he's a little underperforming. You know, we've talked about the usage and some of those things in the past. Now, I mean, he's still producing. He's been dealing with some injuries, some illnesses. But I am going to say early on in the season, he is very slightly underperforming the expectations, mainly just because the expectations are so high for a back-to-back MVP. Yeah, you know, it is, uh, this one was a tough one. This was one of the tougher ones that I actually had when I was kind of looking at this. Um, on one hand, his numbers appear to be down, right? right. His numbers appear to be down. His assists, uh, his assists are a little up. His rebounds are, are down. His points are down. Doesn't quite seem to be doing what he did, but, but he doesn't need to. You hit it right on the head. I'm actually going to go, he is about where I expected him to be, uh, and it's because there's some, some underlying factors that I'm, I'm not sure everyone know, knows about like on the surface. Stout of the week. Stout of the week. Stout of the week. We talk about Nikola Jokic not having to do as much this season. He is currently ranked 46th in the NBA. 46th in usage rate this season. That is wild, right? That's right in front of Clay Thompson, okay? Currently, he has the third highest assist percentage behind Luka Doncic uh, and Tyrese Halliburton. So he is playing significantly. He is being used less, right? He is, he is not handling the ball on as much percentage of every possession as 45 other NBA players, and yet he's assisting on the third most percentage of baskets. That is insane, man. Which honestly goes back to like, uh, you know, Jokic over the years, right? Like that's what he's always been is that elite level passer. He really brought the scoring dominance and the the dominance in the paint and with the ball in his hands over the last couple of years, and that's what led to him getting those MVPs. And it, it's I don't want to say he's reverting back to that, but you're I just think with the the uh, elevated talent around this him, this is how he wants to play. Exactly, you're this seeing is, this him is play how Nikola Jokic wants to play, and you see him go out uh, against I think it was OKC, put up 14 assists, right, and, and then he goes out uh, and you know 39 points the other night. I mean. He is doing whatever it takes to win. He's not a stat chaser. He's not the guy that's going to go out there and try to fill up his box score, right? Like, this is Nikola Jokic. And I think despite some of his numbers being down, 
the dude is still second in the league in player efficiency rating right now. At last I looked, which is a few days ago. But fantastic, man. I, I'm going to say the back-to-back MVP, despite some in- decrease in scoring, is right where I expected him to be. He is playing fantastic. All right, fair enough. Uh, we're going to go to a newcomer, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, KCP. Where's he at? Uh, I think for me personally, he is meeting expectations. I really, really liked that fit when they brought him in. I expected to see what he is doing now. Is he, I mean, he's shooting at a very high rate, especially from the three-point line. Uh, but I, again, I just, I think his fit within the starting roster is so perfect that he is, to me, meeting the expectations, but probably exceeding most people's expectations. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, with exceeding expectations. Um, I think he might be one of the most exceeding expectations in my mind. He is second in the entire NBA in three-point shooting right now, hitting 50% of his threes. Will that last? Who Dude, knows? I couldn't hit 50% of my layups. Oh, and this guy is no hitting doubt. 50% of his threes? Insane. Yeah, it, it is It is wild. So uh, I think the fit's been great. You mentioned it. He's a, he's a really great Jokic player, man. He's really – I'm glad that they signed him to a little bit of an ex- extension. Keep him here through this window. Uh, I like it. I think – I think on the offensive side, he is far exceeding my expectations. I think on the or or I don't know, maybe that's a little heavy, but but he is definitely exceeding my expectations on the offense. He's doing everything and more on the defense. Maybe a little bit under uh, on what I'm expecting, but you have seen some really good perimeter defense in clutch moments. The Denver Nuggets this year have in their seven losses, they have a 126 defensive rating which would be like by far the worst in the nba right in their wins they're a lot better it's like 106 defensive rating they in clutch time i heard this from michael malone um on altitude radio actually in an interview in their clutch time games which is defined as games that in the last five minutes they're down by like five or something like that right like it's a close game at the end nuggets have the number one defense in the nba in clutch situations so far up until this point. And yet, in other situations and other games, they have put up the worst defense. And and I think KCP has been a big part of both of those, uh, on the good and the bad. So I'd like to see a little consistency. He was brought here a lot for that defense. Overall, I'm going to say he's a little bit above expectations, d- above expectations from what I was, I was hoping for. Uh, let's go another newcomer, Bruce Brown. Where are you at with him? This is the guy probably for me that I think has exceeded expectations Absolutely. the most. I just, I mean, man, he is, I mean, he's he's offensively given more than really was expected. Again, another guy brought in to play defense, but he brings that kind of level of nasty to him, you know, and, and just that, I, I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, any anything as a negative. That's a big time positive. He just he kind of plays with that edge. He plays very competitive and very hard. And I think his his uh demeanor really rubs off on this roster. I think he's absolutely exceeded expectations. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's right right there. I think I think I agree with you that he is the most exceeding the expectations. The Nuggets got a steal on him, man. It's it's uh he has started, I believe, in every position other than the center. <laughs> he, at this point, if anybody goes out, Bruce Brown is the next starter at positions two through or one through four, rather. Um, he's averaging, you know, something like eleven points a game, about five assists, five rebounds. He's really been fantastic. Love seeing him here. Only unfortunate part is I looking a little to the future. I think it's gonna be really tough to keep him here after this year. He does have a player option that he can choose to sign. 
but it's for what, like $6 million? I think the most I saw that the Nuggets could offer him next year is 120% of what he's making, which is like $7.7 million. Somebody's going to go out there, at least if he keeps playing like this and pay him more than that. I think it's going to be kind of a one-year rental type thing. But hey, enjoy him while he's here. He has exceeded my expectations as well. Let's go, uh, let's go to a fun one here. Aaron Gordon. Oh, this is uh, another guy. I mean, he is playing lights out. This is what we brought Aaron Gordon here to do, right? I mean, this is why he was brought to be a nugget. Now, he is performing on the offensive side, probably more, especially from the three-point line. He's stretching out there, but God, again, the fit. The fit on this roster, on this team. I think you're really seeing him defensively be much more comfortable guarding bigs versus having to be out on the perimeter all the time, guarding small forwards, guarding even guards at times. So I think he is really has really come into his role here, so definitely exceeding expectations for me. Yep, absolutely. I think he's right there with Bruce Brown in terms of the most exceeded of expectations. I got something for you, a bonus stat of the week, if you will. Nick's not here to yell at me, so I'm giving you a bonus right. stat of the week. Uh, Aaron Gordon... Just had a streak. I think it was broken up, actually, just this last game against Houston. I think. I could be wrong on that. But he had a streak of 10 straight games uh, shooting 60% or better from the field. That is tied for the longest streak or for the second longest streak by any player in the NBA over the last 40 seasons with a minimum of five field goals attempted. Insane. For a guy that's probably your, what, your fourth or fifth scoring threat on this team? And what he has done is he has... You're seeing two things from Aaron Gordon. One, moving over to his more natural fit at the four has been awesome, <laughs> right? And not having, even though I, I get what you're saying, he's he, he can play defense, and he, he's great when you have some of these lineups in where they can just switch everything, which is awesome. Uh, but not having to throw Aaron Gordon out there on guards all the time has been awesome. It allows him to be more physical. Even more importantly, not having guards guarding <laughs> Aaron Gordon has been a whole different level too, because he's able to take advantage of, uh, he said it the best. And I, I totally agree with him. The refs call the game differently when a power forward is guarding you as opposed to a guard. Yeah. Right. Sure. When you are a bigger guy, you can't get away with kind of playing a little more physical, putting a shoulder into a guard. They will call the foul on the offensive player. When Aaron Gordon gets to go against a four, he gets to be more physical and I think that's what part of it. And the second part is he has really bought into making himself into the perfect Jokic player. I mean, seriously, that, that is the best way I can put it. He is a Jokic player to a T. I am impressed. Love what I'm seeing out of Aaron Gordon. Over uh, exceeded my expectations. Took, took a little longer than what we were hoping when they made that trade two years ago, right? Like, well, we saw it immediately too. But then, right. then he gets out of his position. Exactly. And he had to do too much, and it wasn't what we got him here for. Right? Exactly. So so now he's there. Uh, all right. Well, I want to go just a few more here for sure, you. All sure. right. Let's go. Um, let's go. Uh, Jamal Murray. You know what? Let's just include him right now together so we can get through some of these. Let's go Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., the two max contract players. Uh, give me a little bit of thoughts on both of those guys. So I, I am going to say I think Jamal Murray has exceeded expectations. He's, he okay. seems like he is turning that corner and it's funny it's like right about at that 20th game mark which Jokic kind of put the joking comment out there that we know he's gonna suck for the first 20 games games. and I want to say it was exactly on that 20th game that he really had his first big performance of the year he did 31 points after and and it's like you could just see him every week getting more and more comfortable so I'll say slightly exceeding the early expectations and and I'm not gonna say Michael Porter Jr. has not met expectations I absolutely think he has but 
boy, 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 you keep missing games because of injury, and man, does it concern me. So I think he has met his expectations, but he's concerning me. He is definitely concerning me. Now it's a foot, a heel. It's not the back, but still, man, you, you, you keep piling up these injuries. It freaks me out. Yeah, I'm going to say that Jamal Murray to me is about at expectation for me. I'm not going to say he's gone over expectation. He has had moments where he seems ahead of schedule. And then he's also had moments where he seems very inconsistent. Um, you know, some of these rest days, some of these conditioning days that he's had to take might play into that. But but we knew that was going to happen, right? Like we knew going into the season. So for that reason, I think at times he just seems like he's way ahead of schedule. And I'm just, wow, this is Murray, right? And then sometimes he's not there yet. I'm going to put him right at expectation. Uh, for Michael Porter, I think he's about at expectation too. I'm going to go a little lower though. He's, he's a little lower than what I expected. Uh, he, he's shooting pretty... You know what? That's not fair. I, 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 I take my words back. He's at expectation, but if he continues to miss games, who knows? Because <laughs> you hit it right on the head, man. It's troubling that he's still not playing. He has a heel contusion now. At least it's not a back issue. Uh, but... What is that even? I, I mean, a heel contusion, obviously like a bruise on your bone or something. I mean, I don't even know. I'm not a doctor. It sounds like <laughs> something that you do to yourself when you're drunk and you wake up like, why? Why does my heel hurt so bad? Right. What did I do? Yep. All right, let's go. Let's go uh, Bones Highland. Okay, this is the one I was waiting for you to come to this because like, I, I don't know. It's like from one game to the next – it does feel like a little bit of a different player. I feel like, especially early on in the year, he was pressing too hard, trying to do too much. I think he got comfortable in that role last year, having to take on a lot. He's at score. He wants to score. He's a guy that likes to create. Um, but I, I do think that there's been a lot of really positive things. It seems like over the last you know couple of weeks, few weeks, he was really settled back into that role. So I am going to say... Maybe slightly below expectations. Coming off of such a huge rookie year for him that he's had a few highs and lows, so I'm going to say maybe slightly below expectations with inconsistency. Yeah, I'm going to say below expectations, uh, mostly because I had put a pretty high bar for Bones. Uh, the organization clearly did, too, with trading away Monte Morris and giving him the keys to the castle, right? So... I'm going to go a little bit below because of the inconsistencies you mentioned. Now, illness, man, he is... He has had some bad luck. He, he got COVID and had, was in health and safety, safety protocols from COVID. Gets back, couple games, goes right back out with the flu. Good old-fashioned Sounds flu. like one of the hosts on here. It's weird. Yeah, right? Nick. <clears throat> I was actually um, talking about you oh, yeah. missing for... Oh, that's true. I went COVID, and then I went to non-COVID. So, yeah, no, that's exactly that's exactly it. Yeah. All um, you sick people around here. So, basically, here. I am Bones Highland, is what you're telling me. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, just look at you. I'm going to go a little bit below. I think, in, I think his illnesses and his injuries, he got a hip flexor injury this year as well. I think all that has played a role, so I'm not... I'm not necessarily too worried about it yet, but I'm going to go below expectations. I was, I was hoping that at this point we'd see a little bit more of a consistent Bones Highland. We know he can score. We know he can put up those big numbers. I wanted to see some of these more consistent efforts uh, in his facilitating games, on his defense, and he seems really up and down with that. So I'm going to go below expectation. Not too concerned because of all these illnesses and injuries. I, I think he can bounce back plenty of time. 
So yeah, if I could just say one thing on it, it's like I want to see him be more of a point guard, be a point guard, be a you know facilitator. Be I think that's when he's at his best is when he's opening things up for other players, not forcing things himself. Now he can make great plays, but I think when he lets the game come to him is when those plays are made, not when he's forcing it. Yeah, but shooter's gonna shoot. Shooter's gonna <laughs> shoot. Shooter's man. gonna shoot, boy. And you All know right. what? He's gonna hit it a good amount of times too. Uh, I got two more for you. Okay, just two, two more. more here, right? we'll wrap. Yep, Christian Brown. Rookie Christian Brown. Definitely exceeding expectations. Okay. Right? I mean, nobody expected him to even really get on the court much. He did very early on, felt comfortable, looked like he belonged. I'm absolutely going to say he's exceeded my expectations. Yeah, I, I'm going to... I'm going to say exceeded expectations too because just, I mean, we were on the show talking. We didn't even predict he was going to be in the rotation. He kind of has found himself out right now of the rotation. Sure. He's playing a little bit. Um, it seems kind of matchup dependent. I'm actually. Actually, you know, I'm going to save this next point for the, the last one I have here. Uh, but uh, Christian Brown, I like what I see from him. Uh, you know, he just, he's not polished yet. He's going to take a little time. He's a rookie. We know that Malone's not a huge. You know, he, he uh, I don't, I almost said huge fan of rookies, but I don't even know what that means. He doesn't trust rookies very easily, right? So I guess it's kind of what we all expected, but he's playing more than I think most of us expected to play, and he's looked pretty good in those minutes. So I'm, I'm going to say a little bit more from, uh, you know, what I was expecting from him for sure. All right, last one I got for you here. I mean, no, all due respect to Vladko Chanchar, who is uh, buying his way into minutes, DeAndre Jordan, who has been playing pretty well. I mean, honestly, pretty well for for a guy that was maligned as one of the worst signings of the offseason. People are like, what are the Nuggets doing? He has looked pretty well in his limited time. Mike Malone is the one I want to get to here. Okay. I want to get to Mike Malone. I want to say, as a coach, above, at, or below your expectations for Mike Malone. Uh, Throwing a curveball at you I here. think I'm going to say... At expectations, because you know, go back to the old, uh, oh, was it D- Dennis Green or whoever it was that had the quote? They are who we thought they were, right? I, I, I feel like we had kind of talked early, you know, even before the season about we'd love to see him kind of switch up a few of his philosophies, maybe not subbing guys out so whole, you know, wholesale changes. Being so rigid, and, uh, yeah. Uh, we've seen a lot of the same kind of things from him. And Connor's giving me a look like maybe I should watch some more basketball before I make that <laughs> statement. Yeah, so I'm going to say above what I expected. Okay. And it's for that exact reason. He has really shown a, a more of a, uh, what, what am I saying, a, a, a tendency, more of a, I'm thinking the opposite of a reluctance. What's willingness? The, yes, a willingness. There you go. He has shown more of a willingness to adjust lineups based on the opponent this year. He has, and and this is why I was saying I want to save this point for this. You are seeing DeAndre Jordan didn't play for two games in a row. Well, that's because uh, OKC plays small off off the bench, right? So he decides, you know what? We're not going to play DeAndre Jordan when they do this. Zeke Naji, Vladko Chanchar, we're going to go with a small ball lineup as our reserve and go with you guys for this game. Uh, you're seeing Christian Brown who, again, his philosophy has been, I'm not going to play the rookies. We're seeing a little bit of a willingness to maybe extend it all of Let's trust a rookie a little bit here, right? We are seeing staggered lineups between Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. on particular games. He is, he is taking one out. Like If Jamal Murray's hot, he leaves him in. Mostly, it seems like when they're all healthy, he's trying to get Michael Porter Jr. out first, send him back in with the bench unit, and he's staggering minutes. He is doing the things that we asked of him to do, in my opinion. And so I'm going to say 
I'm going to go above. All right? I'm going to go All a right. little above. Connor, this is why I love having you here. This is why I love having <laughs> these conversations. You enlighten me every time well, that we talk. They lead the NBA in road wins. That is a philosophy right there. Um, I think the only thing that keeps me from giving like a all-out glowing review from Malone right now is the inconsistency that this team seems to have on defense. Sure. And, um, the Nuggets aren't a defensive team. It's not As much as Malone wants to bat his chest and say we are a defensive like no they're not no they're not they're one of the best offensive teams and they just need to play like adequate Solid defense, defense. Right? and key moment defense right you talked about the clutch moment defense for sure you know? so, so so that's all good but i would like to see a little more consistency there's one other thing that's kind of popping its way up that i want to say about alone just one last thing we were not alone i was not alone many of you nuggets nation was not alone in wondering why michael malone was choosing not to play bull bull at all in the last few years sure. here. Uh, Bull, have you seen what he's doing? He's doing okay. He is doing fine. He is he is morphing into this uber-efficient 7-2 blocking machine, and it's cool. I mean, hey, he didn't really have a spot here. We didn't, I mean, you, with Jokic in here, you can't play him together, really. Sure. Uh, so I, I don't criticize Malone that much, but it is one interesting thing that we're watching. Malone would not play him, and he's getting, he's doing well. So good for Bull Bull. Last thing I want to say before I get out here, I just went to a Nuggets game, and I actually got to sit first row behind the Nuggets bench. Really cool experience. I'll maybe talk about it some other time on the show. wanted to give a shout-out to some of uh, Australian Nuggets fans sitting behind me with an I love Jokic shirt. Like, one of them had I, one of them had a heart, one of them had Jokic. Uh, really good guys uh, and, uh, and a girl here all the way from Australia. Big Nuggets fans, big Jokic fans. Told them about our podcast, so... Just wanted to give him a bit of a shout out. Thanks for, uh, you know, following us from way across the pond over in Australia. I mean, we appreciate fans from everywhere. Hey, so. let's let's keep bringing these these foreign stars to the Nuggets, right? You know, you Jokic go. is the first. You got, I mean, even Jamal Murray. Technically, I mean, the man's Canadian, you know. So uh, I'm all about it, and uh, you know, good for you, Connor. Throwing the shout out to to everybody there, and look at you getting seats behind the bench. I don't even want to know what those cost, buddy. Don't even want to know. It's pretty good. All right. Well, uh, if I could figure out how to get the music going here, I, I, I don't know. Let's see what let's see what this does. It good works. enough. It works. <laughs> let's All go. right, guys. That does it for today. Connor, kudos. Round of applause for Connor, guys. Absolutely performing, not only behind the producer desk, but still giving us all the same great commentary you get each and every week. Next week, Nick hopefully will be back. I will not. I'll be out. So, Connor, captain's you move from chair, producer, baby. you get the captain's chair now. So, right. for Connor and I am Jared, thanks for stopping in to Red Rock Sports.